0: It's Seahawks week. We'll find out from the winkster Domus what the final result will be. He is 10-0, and 0, our weekly guest on this Wednesday episode. 49ers added an offensive lineman. Could they add a linebacker to the mix? We got some great stats as well coming up for week 12. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers
1: podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
2: day.
0: Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's what we do. We're with you every day. And you can find us as always on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price Guaranteed. And being that this is a Wednesday means we're getting close to Thanksgiving. It also means it's a winky Wednesday. Our weekly guest, Mr. Nicholas Winkler at Bay Area Wink. You can find him on Twitter. And Wink, congratulations on your 10th straight preseason predictions. 10-0 and now with the San Francisco 49ers. So just first off, real quick, can you put the listeners at ease who trust you now and trust those predictions to the point where they're getting mad at you, they're happy with you, depending on the week. Are the 49ers going to beat the Seahawks on Thursday?
1: Well, I mean, I feel a little bit uh, take it for granted a little bit, you know, yeah. when it comes to that. Because when they're mad at me, everybody's out here yelling. I got like one more this week. It was up to three people saying congratulations, Wink. Thank you for putting this out in the universe and giving us another win. I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun. I'll tell you that much. Each and every week, I don't like watching the losses, obviously, but it's just kind of funny where it's like, "Wow, again?" I don't All right, cool, guys. Seahawks week, Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. I talked about it from the get go. Go back and listen. It's it's payback. We're at Seattle Thanksgiving night. We're gonna eat some turkey on their fifty yard line, just like they did to us back at Levi Stadium. What was it nine or ten years ago? Here it comes. Don't worry, everybody. Relax. Sit back and enjoy beating the Seahawks on
2: Thursday
0: night. Crook. to you, does it matter if Geno Smith or drew lock is playing quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks? So Geno Smith got hurt against the Rams on Sunday. It's a short week, short turnaround. Pete Carroll being a little coy, doesn't say he doesn't quite know. And you know, there's not a lot of practicing that happens on these short weeks. Uh, Geno Smith did come back into the game and led a drive, got them down to 55 yard field goal that they missed. So the Seahawks lost to the Rams. And now, Gave the 49ers some breathing room. Um, even if the 49ers lose, they'll still have the tiebreaker. I it'll depend in a couple. The, the West will play itself out because they're playing the, the Seahawks twice in three weeks. But Croc, the question is, does it matter to you if Geno Smith or Drew Locke is playing quarterback for the Seahawks Thursday?
2: I, I think it matters more to the uh Seattle Seahawks than it is the 49ers. I, I think 49ers just they should be favored in this game. Uh, you know, and that's weird, right? Like, I mean, for how long did you go up to Seattle and just kind of expect, an L? whether it was you going to Seattle or Seattle come to the 49ers but right now, I feel like uh, no matter how, who's that quarterback 49ers should be favored. Now, if you're talking about from a Seattle standpoint, they definitely want Geno Smith out there. He's a guy who plays much better at home than he has on the road. And he's definitely going to give you a better chance than whatever you'll get from Drew Locke. So, Seattle definitely want Gino 49ers. I really don't think it matters.
0: Doing our our uh, our picks for this week on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, by the way, subscribe right here daily on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, I basically put it this way: if Drew Locke plays, 49ers by a million. If if Gino Smith plays, it's like 49ers by a few. Six and a half, though, on the road at Seattle short week is a lot of points. And so uh, the betters really believe in the San Francisco 49ers. In this one, and it's looking like if I had to guess, it's going to be Geno Smith that's out there playing. It does give the Seahawks a better chance because he's a better quarterback. Um, so um, if Wink's preseason predictions are correct, if my prediction is correct, if Croc's prediction, prediction is correct, I think 49ers are going to come out of this with a couple game lead in the West on Thanksgiving over the Seattle Seahawks, but you can never take the Seahawks lightly. It's Thursday. It's a short week that can make things weird. It's at Seattle. It's always a tough place to play, but man, this 49ers team, when they're playing well, nobody can beat them. Like it, it, they're a scary football team. One thing guys that the 49ers have to do, we're getting, we're getting in pregame mode here talking about this, this game a little bit here um, earlier than I planned, but that's okay. Let's talk 49ers. this is the best time of the year. Um, Jair Brown in for Talanoa Hufanga. Can't get beat on that seam, right? You can't let the Seahawks score early on you. The, the 49ers are the best front runners in the NFL. Get that early lead. Like that is that is key number one. So I just want to make sure that uh, you know, number 27, Jair Brown. I'm excited to see how he plays in his first action. He's going to start for Talanoa Hufanga, who's officially out with a torn ACL uh, wink. The rookies gotta stay over the top. We can't I got a question make big plays happen.
2: I have a question real quick. Do you yeah. think people will take offense to you saying that the 49ers are the best front runners in the NFL?
0: Oh, probably. They'll take offense. People take offense to everything. So everything. Somebody yeah. out there's not gonna like that. The 49ers <laughs> are amazing front runners. I mean, yeah. Um that they're, they're they're bullies, and when they can run it and throw it, and when they have a lead and they can pin their ears back and go get your quarterback, uh, that's doomsday for NFL teams. It has been for a long time. I, I don't think that should shock anybody.
1: Yeah, when you got a team like the 49ers too, and even when their offense isn't working that well, you know, you got Mitch Wishnowski who can pin them deep, right? So look at me just throwing in an early wish watch for you guys. Actually, to get before we get back to to Brown, uh, he actually had probably his worst game of the season uh against the the Buccaneers. He had three punts, uh, none of them inside the 20. I mean, a couple went in the 20, but they they were able to bring it out. And there was that 51 yard uh punt return against him where he missed a tackle. Yeah. Uh not not a great showing from Wish. So I'm going to sit here. I'm going to you know talk about how he's one of the greatest punters in the league. I'm also going to call him out when he has a bad game, and that was not a great game on the Wish Watch. He'll be back. I'm not worried about it.
0: Not his best game. I, I, he's supposed to come down with that tackle. He's got some athleticism. He's a big guy. He's played that. Aussie rules football right. Uh, that, that's a he got a little player. too
1: excited. You watched him. He got a little happy feet. He's like ah, and then he kind of fell down.
0: It's oh, been a while since we've seen him plant somebody too.
1: Yeah. It's been a couple of years. He was on kickoffs when he used to do it. Yeah. When gold was around and he wasn't doing those kickoffs. A lot more opportunities on the kickoff coverage. Yeah, back to Ariel Brown. Like, I, I this is it, right? This is why you you spent a, a draft pick on this kid. You brought him in, and and you know he made a huge play to end the game against the Buccaneers. That was fantastic to see. But you mentioned it. You know, he got beat on what his first play in the game. That was that was not great to see there on the defense. I think that Wilkes is going to scheme it up, right? Where he's not out there on an island by himself. Where he's he's going to have some protection. He's going to have a little help. They're, they're going to do whatever's best because they know he's a rookie. He doesn't have a whole lot of playing time. Hufunga wasn't off the field that much, right? So Brown didn't get to see that much action. So this is kind of going to be like trial by fire, right? You throw him in there and you, just, you hope that he doesn't blow it for the team. But I don't think Wooks will let him. I think that he'll be smart and he'll set him up in, in a good position for success.
0: I've got a stat on the 49ers defense and giving up those big plays that I think is important. And especially this week, short week going against the Seahawks with a new starting safety on that defense. Uh, Some stats about Brock Purdy, some stats about De'Amador Lenore. Uh, Those guys are really uh, handling their business this year for the 49ers. So uh, some really good numbers there to get into. And the 49ers have added Ben Barch, a brand new offensive lineman to the mix as well. A lot more to come on this Winky Wednesday holiday edition of Lockdown 49ers next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by GameTime and the Game Time app. You shouldn't have any ill feelings when you're buying tickets. It should be an exciting time when you're getting ready to go to your next big event, NFL football game, 49ers, maybe a baseball game, NBA basketball, whatever sports, music, comedy, theater events are near you that you're trying to go to. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy those tickets with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You get to see your seat and the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to get, expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront. You don't get hit with those hidden fees, which is the worst part, part about buying tickets these days. And you can buy those tickets in seconds on the app. The tickets are on the app. You don't have to go fishing through emails to find those tickets when you do arrive at your event. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. Since we are talking about the defense guys in big plays, uh, this is a really interesting one. And uh, the 49ers defense now is at the top of the league again after the last couple of weeks in points allowed. Um, but here's uh, here's an interesting one. The 49ers also 49ers defense lead the NFL right now in explosive plays Allowed through the first 11 weeks of the season, 43 explosive plays when you count run and pass plays. So number one in the NFL are the San Francisco 49ers allowing only 43 explosive plays um, throughout the first 11 weeks of the season. They are number one in allowing uh, explosive pass plays and they're top five in, in allowing explosive run plays. So they're really good in both number one, pass number one in total top five in allowing explosive run plays as well and it's funny because Talano Hufanka last year guys was an all pro but just from the standpoint of some of the coverage busts that we saw last year we hadn't seen any of those hardly at all this year there's been some you know weirdness with tackling and uh you know Wilkes made they made Wilkes move from the booth to the sideline but you know, explosive pass plays was definitely not the thing that's been hurting this team. And so changing a safety could be a big impact in that category where the 49ers have been the best in the NFL. Croc, Did does, that change, does that change the the dynamic for you? Like how, how does a, because part of playing safety, it, it's a neck up position, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a smart guy position. So, you know, we talk about speed or whatever, and, and Hufanga's is not the fastest guy. Gibson's not the fastest guy. Jair Brown's not the fastest guy, but You got to have your feet in the right place and your head in the right place, or it doesn't matter how fast you are in the NFL.
2: I actually want to ask: like, is this a pick your poison type thing? Hey, we might play a little bit softer uh, and keep everything in front of us. And I know a lot of fans. I get hit with this question a lot: like, oh man, why are they playing so soft? Why are they playing like that? They're playing all of their complete passes in front of. The 49ers receivers, we've seen quarterbacks complete 18 straight passes. I think Baker Mayfield at one point had like eight straight uh, completions against the 49ers. So is this like one of those things where it's like, yeah, they might give up that underneath stuff and make you have to march down the field and maybe be a a little bit more perfect, which we've seen two quarterbacks kind of be a little bit more perfect. And that's why you see the lack of explosive plays against the guys on the back end. And would you sacrifice maybe having guys be more aggressive, but potentially give up more explosive plays? Because those are the kind of – I'm getting a lot of questions about that on like social media, asking what's up with the coverage and why they're playing so soft.
1: I think it's a smart play to stay back, be soft, don't give up the big plays because you got a defense that hits hard and goes and gets the quarterback and creates turnovers and things like that. And you – the more plays you have, the more opportunities you give your defense, you give your Fred Warner, your Dre Greenlawns, your Bosa's, your Young's, to go and make a turnover or make a big play. And instead of, you know, we saw it early on with the Bengals, right, when, when uh, Burrow wasn't healthy. They were, they were having to have these like 12, 13, 14, 15 play drives because he didn't have time, so everything was short, short, short. But well, you make one or two mistakes, and all of a sudden that drive stalls and it's over, or you have a pick. And so you're not giving up the big play. You're not giving up the touchdowns. And you're allowing that other team to either make a mistake or for your defense to really step up and make a big play. I I actually love this kind of defense. I don't mind the digging. So I'm like, whatever, take your little three, four, five-yard passes over and over. It, it, you're not going to beat us that way. Yeah,
0: it's been don't break. Uh, mm-hmm. when, it, when it would really start to break for them is when they weren't tackling well. So if you're tackling well, stay over the top, come downhill, tackle, get them in third downs and go rush the passer and, and get there with four. And the 49ers have a better pass rush now than they did during their three game losing streak. And um, probably a smart way to play it. And by the way, speaking of running game, the Seattle Seahawks might be without Kenneth Walker as well. at running back who was banged up last week. I think he's officially listed as questionable uh, upcoming in week 12.
1: Croc, I got a question for you. We are talking about the secondary and Hufunga and this and that. Uh, to me, you know, forgive me if you've talked about this over the last couple of weeks or the last couple of days, but it feels to me like since Lenore's gone inside and Ambry Thomas has come in that the secondary looks like it's playing so much better with those three guys kind of as your main cornerbacks. Am I, am I just looking at that with fan eyes or is that actually, you know, from somebody who understands the secondary position really well, is that more accurate? Are they playing better?
2: I think the defensive line is playing better. And you think and that's they're kind they're getting of affecting those and they're, Yeah, they're getting those kind of big plays, and they're affecting the quarterbacks even more. And I think just that one or two or three plays where they're affecting it more so than they were, in, especially you know in the Bengals and Vikings game, I think that is giving a little bit more of the illusion that the back-end guys are playing better. Now, it does help to not have Isaiah Oliver in there who had gave, given up like – 20 catches on 20 targets during that span. Like, mm-hmm. that's not good. So, they are playing better to a certain extent, but I do think it, a, a lot of it can be attributed to a, a better pass rush uh, getting home, getting sacks, getting some of those takeaways.
0: Yeah. With those two Jair Brown plays, one to um, one with the attempted touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield to Mike Evans, uh, the, the pass rush got home. And it was actually yeah. Isaiah Oliver on the blitz that got to him. Threw a duck and <laughs> um, and um Brown was able to recover and knock that ball away and not interfere with Mike Evans. And then on the interception, the ball hit, I, I don't know if it was Greenlaw or, or Fred Warner, but hit one of those dudes in the helmet and bounced up in the air. And uh opportunistic, as he has shown he's been throughout his college career as well, was was Jair Brown and, and came down with the interception, though. So pass rushes is, is so important in those things. But how about this stat with the 49ers defense and D'Amador Lenore specifically? D'Amador Lenore... According to Pro Football Focus, 398 coverage snaps this season without allowing a touchdown is number one in the NFL. So there you go. Talking about big plays, damandor Lenore zero touchdowns allowed in and 300, almost 400 coverage snaps, wow. this season, whether he's on the outside or in the slot.
2: And he's been targeted. He's been targeted in the end zone. He's been targeted all over the field. There have been teams, several teams take deep shots on him. Uh, and for the most part, I think he's held up and, and played well. There, there have been the passing interference here and there, and, and it hasn't been perfect. I could think of a time he gave up a sideline catch uh, down the left side of the sideline. But for the most part, I think he's been, you know, a, a, a solid starter uh, for sure.
1: I think if you're going to be a good cornerback, or uh, you know, a coverage guy, you're going to get pass interference calls here and there and you kind of want that you want a physical corner right you want somebody who's going to be on a guy and not let him think oh you can just go out and make any catch like I'm going to smack you if you come near me so it's like with Ward we've seen quite a bit of pass interference calls on Ward so far this season but I don't think he's playing bad this year I think Again, we're talking about the pass rush. The last few weeks, like I think Ward might have had one of his best games against Tampa Bay. I thought he looked fantastic. He made some really big plays for the 49ers. So you kind of live with the pass interference calls, right? Because it's such a subjective call out there by the by the refs that you, you can't you can't get too overheated when you see those get thrown.
0: And Amory Thomas does deserve some praise too, because you know it, it was a worry for me that when offenses saw number 20 out there, it was going to mean that there was a target on his back and they've tried him a few times. He's done really well. I don't think you even really put that uh, Mike Evans touchdown on him. Cause he's playing the, the, uh, the outside leverage, you know, cause Mike Evans is six, five and you can go red zone fade, you know, and that's, you got mm-hmm. that to expect that and be ready for it. He knew that he had help inside with Gibson. Gibson jumped what the slant was going to be. Baker Mayfield made a good play by not throwing that. I think Gibson was trying to house it. I mean, I think he saw that in his eyes. Like I'm gonna take this all the way back. He's mm-hmm. like, Oh, no, Gave a little uh, pump fake and and then fired it in the second window. So it was a nice play by them. Sometimes the other team makes good plays, and, and they tried Ambry Thomas more times. And Mike Evans uh only caught five of his 12 targets. So I thought the 49ers did a great job. And and so yeah, props to Demo outside, inside has been playing well. Traverius Ward's so competitive out there, and Ambry Thomas has done a really good job and has not been a liability, which is uh, you know, a huge compliment to to what you know some fans probably expect from Ambry Thomas. So that's been uh that's been huge for the 49ers. They've absolutely played well. Uh how about this? Just one more cuz you know, Winky, haven't been we we we've been gushing about Brock Purdy, giving him a lot of praise. He had his perfect passer rating this week, which uh hasn't happened since Joe Montana with a quarterback for the 49ers who attempted at least 20 passes since 1989. So that's what Brock Purdy's doing right now. And so just just some more stats and um uh, our 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 guy John Chapman, 49ers rush. By the way, I think there's a 49ers rush uh party that he that he does. So find John Chapman at JL underscore chat on Twitter, and uh, you can have that Seattle party for this game. He likes to go on the road and, and throw those things. And I still haven't shared shots with John Chapman yet at any of those parties. I was supposed to go week one to Pittsburgh, didn't happen. Uh, that's got to happen soon. But John curated all the stats that Brock Purdy is number one in. And, and we might not have time before the end of this 30 minute episode to, to get through all of these. Right now, through 11 weeks, Brock Purdy is number one in quarterback rating 115.1. Mm. He is number one in QBR, 77.1. He is number one in the NFL in completion percentage, 70.2%. He is number one in touchdown percentage, 6.5%. He is number one in passing success rate, 56.3%. He is number one in yards per attempt at 9.7. If you think he's of the dink and dunk variety, as we saw with the the bomb he hit on Brandon Ayuk last week or uh, George Kittle the week before. He's hitting deep plays. He's hitting an immediate place. He's hitting short plays. Number one in net yards per attempt, 8.6. Number one in yards per completion, 13.8. Number one in adjusted net yards per passing attempt, 9.05. Number one in passer rating under pressure. We're not done yet here, guys. Um, Number (laughs) one in yards per attempt under pressure. So he's good under pressure as well. He's got guts. He'll hang in there. And then. Out, number five in big time throw rate, number six in fewest interceptions thrown of players with five or more starts so far this year and, and, and on and on. So I'm not even going to start getting to the ones where he's not even number one anymore. That's uh, those are some of the numbers that John or that um, that Brock Purdy is putting up so far this year for the 49ers. So if you want to start talking about Brock Purdy, I think you gotta start talking about MVP of the stinking NFL and uh, just now surpassing Mish because of that last week performance. Uh, for the 49ers and for the NFL.
2: We we talked a little bit about just kind of the MVP talks during the five-game win streak, right, to start the season, and then you have that kind of low moment, and I don't think it changed anything for you and I, Peacock. We talked a lot about how we felt like he was playing well outside of a couple of league turnovers, right? So uh, 90% of the game looked like he's always looked. The other 10%, uh, that was bad, and, okay, I I don't think that's always going to be him. Well, you look over the last two weeks, and he's been as good as you could be, as good as any quarterback could be, and as good as any coach would hope a quarterback would be. And definitely has not only inserted himself into the MVP conversation, but I feel like kind of planting this flag. And like I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. Uh, this is kind of who I am, and uh, probably deserves a little bit more respect around the league than how he's been getting. Which, yeah, is very understandable. Like I, I, I get it. Sure. It's been weird. I've had to talk my, you know, self and talk through it as a almost like a, a Brock Purdy therapy session on these shows, trying to figure out what is he, what isn't he. <laughs> but it, the more he plays, I think it becomes more evident that he's just a baller.
1: Yeah, and you know what really frustrates me is when you, you know, you look at these pundits and the talking heads and this and that, and they're like, oh, Purdy's only good because he's got all these weapons. And you start listening, but then look around the NFL. Josh Allen's great. Look at what, look at the weapons he has. Look at what Jalen Hurts has. Look at, you know, and yeah, Mahomes is down this year, right? Because he doesn't quite have the weapons. He doesn't have guys that that make plays. But I think any great quarterback, I think like the one outlier in this conversation would be Lamar Jackson, because he's had like Mark Andrews, and that's kind of it. You know, but he he's kind of a different breed when it comes to the NFL. Like he's just phenomenal when it comes to the run play option, like or past the RPOs. He he's just he he has recreated the NFL when it comes to that sort of thing. But yes, Brock Purdy has a lot of weapons. But all the great quarterbacks have a lot of great weapons. That's kind of what makes them great. And, and if you can't, and a lot of guys have good weapons and can't figure it out. Right, guys just can't get it done. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo looked pretty good as a 49er, but he never put up numbers like this. He had great weapons all around him, but they were never Brock Purdy numbers. And I get it, still not a huge sample size. But as he's now played, what, a, a full season worth of games? Look at the numbers. I mean, the guy gets it done. He just, he knows where, where to go. He, he's got the confidence and he's got the guts to stay in there. You mentioned that, like with the pass rate and all that, like under pressure. He just never looks flat back there. It doesn't matter. He'll take a huge hit. Next play, he'll be back in there doing the exact same thing, staring down a 300-pound guy, running straight at him. Like Brock Purdy has been so impressive since he's taken over as a starter for the 49ers that you can't praise him enough, in my opinion.
0: As long as he has his elbow intact and he's not concussed, he's been playing uh, as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. 49ers, reinforcements? Could they even bring more reinforcements in before Week 12 next Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the most fun you will have playing daily fantasy sports this season. And while you're having all that fun playing, Daily fantasy sports, how about winning 25 times your money this football season as well? It's simple. All you do is you select two or more players at prize picks, you pick more or less on their prize picks, projected stats, and you place that entry and you can turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks. And now that basketball season is here, a very special league at prize picks where you can do combo projections across football and basketball. For example, uh Steph Curry plus George Kittle, 10.5 combo, three pointers made plus receptions. During a given game. So, prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. Could not be simpler and make yourself a little money as well. And all you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL, promo code all lowercase, locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. So, the 49ers have made an addition. Uh Ben Barch, he is an offensive lineman, a fourth-round selection in 2020, I believe, by the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh has ended up in on the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad and now the San Francisco 49ers are signing Ben Barch off of the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad, squad which means that he goes to the 49ers 53-man roster. So, is there some are there what the immediate the immediate thing here and we don't have a lot of um injury reports and, and we haven't had full practices yet as of this winday Wednesday recording on a short week they don't really practice much NFL teams don't on these uh, on these short weeks when they have Thursday night games um is there another injury that we don't know about on the interior of the offensive line or potentially a shakeup there that the 49ers are adding a player that they're they're not signed to the practice squad they're adding him straight to the uh the active 53 man roster Ben Barch, guard 6'6, 309 pounds. And uh, I don't know a lot about his scouting report other than that, guys. Croc,
2: Wink, you guys got the Ben Barch scouting report? I, I don't have the Ben Barch uh, scouting report, but I did see on David Lombardi's Twitter account or X, whatever you want to call it. Spencer Burford has something going on with his knee. Mm. So if he isn't going to go, then you might have to insert him into the lineup. So
0: there you go. And there was already Kyle Shanahan hinting that John Feliciano was going to start entering the 49ers lineup anyway. Uh, and since Aaron Banks got hurt, he's at left guard. I have a feeling John Feliciano when Aaron Banks is back, and I think it's supposed to be at least a three-week injury. So maybe if he's back next week, uh, Feliciano might move over to right guard as well. So interesting thing to keep tabs on there with some, maybe some, some moving around there on the 49ers mm-hmm. offensive line. By the way, uh, Ben Barch. Here we go, Croc. Um, I know you're trying to bulk right now, Croc. I don't know if you guys can tell. He's wearing the hoodie. He's wearing big clothes. He doesn't want anybody to see how muscled up he's getting. He's tr- he's trying to put he's trying to eat like six thousand calories a day or something like that. Um, Three thousand clothes. <laughs> okay. Uh, ben Barch went through this in college. He was two hundred forty five pounds. He's trying to be an offensive lineman. So during one summer, he got all the way up to two hundred and seventy five pounds, and then eventually, I just mentioned his. Uh, I don't know what he is currently, but when he, at the combine, he was 300 and I think six, 309 pounds. He had to get up over 300 pounds was his goal at, at six foot six. Um, this is what his smoothies that he was drinking every day consisted of. And there's a video, uh, by the way, at BD Peacock, go to my Twitter. I, 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 I just uh, retweeted the video of him at the combine blending up one of these smoothies and making it. He put not eggs, But scrambled, not like raw eggs, right? I've seen people do raw eggs, you know, Rocky Balboa, drinking eggs. Sure, Like cooked scrambled eggs in a smoothie, first of all. That's one of the (laughs) ingredients. Grits, a full banana, four scrambled eggs, by the way. Um, And there's a couple other ingredients. Topped it off with red Gatorade crock. Have you tried this smoothie yet? It's a lot of calories. If you're trying to get up to that 300-pound mark, it might be uh, the way to go disgusting uh i I can see why the 49ers didn't draft him and had to wait a few years after seeing that to to bring him into the building i hope he's not still drinking those those smoothies i think he got big enough at the nfl level but um first of all disgusting but hey uh willing to do what was what it takes to be in the league right so probably go i'm
2: watching the video on your page right (laughs) now and it's you can't see the video
1: of croc, the look on his face is priceless he is not yeah. into this smoothie <laughs>
2: so, so back in back in 2011 the spring heading into my senior year i broke my jaw and i had to blend up a bunch of stuff but that was kind of like I, I couldn't open my mouth my jaw was wired shut for five weeks so i had to do that and i blended up some wild stuff trying to figure out what i like one thing i learned milk uh, you can add that to a lot of different things. It just changes the consistency so you can drink it, but that's a whole other story. This guy's kind of doing it by choice. Obviously, you trying to add a lot of weight. I would have never thought to cook the eggs. Yeah, and first. And whatever else he cooked and put up, put banana in there with the Gatorade. and the. I mean, that is a lot of different things going on. Well, I'm curious to, right. to know what it tastes like. The
0: you, you banana can't can't makes it healthy. Baby. <laughs> but uh, you got to be hydrated I guess. So you got to put the game in there. Oh, that's
2: man, well. that's, that's uh, nasty.
0: Before we go guys, uh it's kind of a shocker move in the NFL. The Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts here right before we uh, started recording have released or waived veteran linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the league for a while. It was like Fred Warner and and uh and Darius Leonard, now going by Shaquille Leonard, the best, you know, two young linebackers in the NFL. They waived him. He's, he's going to be probably a free agent, according to, um, let's see, according to Albert Breer, he's owed $6.11 million for the rest of the year. So essentially about a million dollars per week. I don't know if a team is going to want to take on that money. And if he clears waivers, that means he'll just be straight up a free agent, might sign because the Colts are already paying him, uh, might sign because if nobody claims him, that nobody will pick up his salary. So the Colts will just end up paying him and a, a team could sign him for the league minimum. Uh, he he basically lost his starting job to EJ Speed in Indianapolis. And I don't know really the uh, the ins and outs and the, the details on what went on, but he was like, you know, talking bad about the coaches and like not hiding it in, in, in um, you know, in locker room interviews and things. So uh, I guess the situation went south enough and his play. It wasn't up to par and he wasn't playing on third downs and he's been waived. So a wild one. And I know we're going to get asked a lot about it. So what do you guys think? Uh, should the, the 49ers make another addition? Potentially, if he clears waivers, he would be a veteran minimum player, a guy who was at one time was one of the best linebackers in the NFL in, in Shaq Leonard.
2: I don't think that this is a direction the 49ers need to go in. You, you look at just the combination of Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, you're really good there. And then mm-hmm. even when you look at the guys behind them, like when guys have had to fill in, like Oren Burks, like I think he's played – very well. you got some young guys that you drafted that you want to develop and eventually get more reps to with the winners and you have Jalen Graham. Uh, I'm not saying that you just don't need this guy, but I do feel like the 49 are in a position to where they don't need to make a move like this to bring in a guy who's really getting beat out in other places. Like You have your guys, you have your studs, you have your developmental guys, uh, you have your special teams guy that can fill in I think the 49ers are in a really good place at the linebacker position.
1: Well, I do agree with you, Croc. I think that at the same time, you, injuries always happen, right? And if you can find a guy that's going to come in and be willing to, you know, kind of swallow his pride, which he wasn't able to do before. So that's asking a lot, right? But if he wants to come in and be a part of something bigger than him and he is going to make your football team better, I think you at least got to sit down and have a chat with the guy. Eagles.
0: He's going to end up on the Eagles. That's my guess. Uh, maybe you see the Raiders. They have some needs. He's probably going to want to go to a better team, though, than like the Raiders or the Rams or some teams, uh, maybe
1: even Seattle. He might have to choose, though, right? He might have to choose between a better team and a backup role or a worse team and a starting role. So I guess it kind of depends on what he's yeah. looking for.
2: Yeah, true. It's going to be an interesting he's going to be looking look. for that money. That's what he's going to be looking for. <laughs> right. I, I
0: don't think it's – I think he's just going to sign a minimum deal for the rest of the year and then be a free agent. Probably so go
1: somewhere where you think, can play and showcase yourself.
0: Yeah. So maybe winning is not going to be at the top. It's going to be about of that next contract potentially. Interesting. All right. So Shaq Leonard, he's out there. Doubtful Ben Barch, He is a San Francisco 49er. We'll see what that shuffle looks like on the offensive line. As we get close to Thursday, it's Seahawks week and a mm. uh, big one for the San Francisco 49ers really big stretch for the San Francisco 49ers over the next few weeks. Uh, thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the locked on podcast network. Uh, Wink, my former radio colleague. I I don't know if I gave you the proper introduction to start. He's the voice of the fan here. He's with me every Wednesday on Locked On 49ers, my former podcast host, my former radio colleague. Uh, He is a game show extraordinaire. Wink, always a pleasure chatting with you, sir. And thanks for uh, hitting all these preseason predictions. So let's keep it going 11-0.
1: There we go. Thanks for letting
0: me hang out, guys. (laughs) Croc and I back tomorrow and, of course, post game after Thanksgiving Seahawks 49ers football Right here, Lockdown 49ers.